busted forecasts and meteorological reckoning. This is way over our heads, a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. We're here at the Town Hall Lanes in South Minneapolis. Kenny, how you doing? Deflated. How are you, Jim? <laughs> well, I, you know, it, it was interesting. So we have a lot to talk about today, but let's start right away with the forecast. We had the storm that came in this past weekend, starting on Friday, and uh, the snow totals didn't quite live up to expectations. Well, you they? know, so honest, and I actually, I'm, I'm doing okay. How are you, Jim? You know, I'm doing well. <laughs> okay, <Thanks>. good. Yeah, <laughs> so we're talking about Friday, January 17th, and Saturday, January 18th. Basically, you know, oh, a busted forecast is kind of in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Right. Uh, there's a lot of ways to get kind of cute with this. We could, if we were just trying to cover our tuchuses, we could just say, well, hey, we said there was going to be snow all over Minnesota, and there was snow all over Minnesota. In northern and western Minnesota, and even in southern Minnesota on Saturday, this was not a bust. Right, absolutely but not. in the Twin Cities, where, you know, probably most of our listeners live, and really where the hype was pretty extraordinary, and that's present company included. <laughs> uh, yeah, we came out with, instead of, you know, 8 to 10, maybe 11 inches, we came out with about 5. And okay. we barely hit, and that's a generous 5. I mean, right. at the, sort of in the meat of the storm, we were looking at 4, 4.5 inches over most areas. So it wasn't... It really produced about half the totals that we expected. And, uh, and then that reduced the scope of the impact on Saturday as the winds kicked in. So in the Twin Cities where, you know, if there had been a lot more snow and we hadn't had that crust of ice that fell on Friday evening and overnight, uh, we would have seen more blowing and drifting on Saturday. But instead, there was a legitimate ground blizzard out in western Minnesota but really, in southern Minnesota, in the Twin Cities area, we got way less snow than we had expected. And as you know, Jim, one of the consequences of this is everything was being canceled or right. delayed. Did you have anything that was, you Well, know? I, uh, I rescheduled a lunch, for example, thinking okay. that it might be impacted. And it wouldn't have been, would it? No, I could have easily gotten it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was getting calls left and right of, you know, various things that I'm signed up for, that my kids are signed up for. Son's school was uh, early released, so that was about an hour early for my son's school. There were some schools that were canceled after noon, and uh, a lot of evening activities were canceled, and a lot of stuff on Saturday was canceled outright. And I even know of at least one winter Boy Scout camp. Now, these are people who are supposed to thrive in the outdoors. That's an irony of sorts. I think the winter camp canceled because of extreme winter weather. Yeah, and really, I mean, this is something they easily could have done. Okay. And so, uh, and that's one where I actually know the Scoutmaster. And uh, that was, so it was kind of a, in the Twin Cities area, it was kind of a heartbreaker. Because all these things that we wanted to do, we couldn't do. And then the storm that was... You know, the promised storm didn't even really materialize with the, at least with the ferocity we expected. So. Well, what was the culprit that led to lesser than forecast snowfall totals? Ooh, well, what have you heard, Jim? I've heard the term dry slot. Yeah, and that's no joke. You know, and you know, one of the things that happened here, the dry slot is a so these storms. These are low-pressure systems that rotate counterclockwise. And this one, as we discussed in our special segment, uh, 
This one was a little bit elongated, had a longer kind of north to south extent than, than normal. And, uh, but it's the same basic mechanism where, you know, on, in the southerly winds out ahead of it, warm air gets pumped up from the Gulf of Mexico. And in the northerly winds behind it, uh, colder air gets transported in from Canada. Uh, these storms often, when, they, when their circulation is tight enough, they also sort of start folding in a stream of pretty dry air. And it can be 100 or 150 miles wide, and it can sort of wrap itself around the middle of that storm. And for some reason, this did not get picked up by any of the models. So all of the models that forecasters use just showed kind of continuous precipitation. And it wasn't until very, very late in the game that we realized this dry slot was going to move in. And even at that point, it wasn't, it wasn't really obvious what was going to happen with it. Was it going to fill back in right away? Was it going to shut the precipitation off? And so this thing was much more aggressive than uh, anyone had seen. Uh, you know, even on Friday morning, Jim, you know, as the storm was just about to begin, uh, the, that run of models, I think there's, at that point, let's see, there's three very high resolution models. There's one hourly model that's run every hour. There's one hourly model that's run every three hours. So that's five right there. Plus there's the, the North American model, the global forecast system model, the European model, and two Canadian models. So there's like 10, nine or 10 models, and they all were showing seven to 11 inches of snow over the Twin Cities. So it wasn't one of these things where there was some something that we should have picked up on from the weather modeling standpoint. And this is where it becomes existential. Are we over-relying on these weather models? Or have we lost our ability to analyze the weather kind of as it comes in? I do know of a couple forecasters who were skeptical, but never really committed to a lower lower uh, snowfall amount. Do you know of anyone who forecast under six inches for the no. day? Yeah. So we all went down. The whole, the captain, <laughs> the National Weather Service, they went down with the ship of all the other forecasters out there. I mean, we all, we all bid it on this one. Well, and you guys took a lot of heat, too, on social media. Oh, I was sure. uh, reading through it. But, you know, we need it's to revisit what the word forecast means. Forecast is... What is it probably best explained as an expectation of what might happen based yeah. upon available evidence? It isn't an absolute. I, I agree, but I also think that the criticisms are often fair and meteorologists just hate it. Hmm. I mean, I, you know, obviously we can't tell anybody exactly what's going to happen at any given point, you know. But this was one where we had a lot of confidence. I mean... You know, one of the things that, that social scientists have found is that meteorologists have really struggled to express uncertainty and that the, therefore the public doesn't necessarily interpret that uncertainty properly and then sort of gets the message wrong. And that's generally considered to be the fault of the meteorologists. But this isn't one where we thought we had uncertainty. In retrospect, we should have, but we didn't. So, so in other words, saying... You know, just as, a, as an exercise to consider uncertainty. Imagine that we have a scenario where it looks, it looks like it could really snow. It could snow a ton. But we, also have, um, but we also have some indications that maybe the whole snowstorm would miss us. Well, in that kind of situation, you might say, well, 
it's going to snow probably five to eight inches, but who knows? We could get we could get blanked on this. So that's a way of expressing uncertainty. But this was not that kind of situation. Everything we had was telling us it's going to be you know six inches or more of snow. So you know I think that some of the lesson for meteorologists is don't be so reliant on the models, and you know go back to the basics, go back to kind of what we all learned in. Uh, you know, diagnosing the atmosphere and not over-relying on things. And, and even think about other times where we've seen similar situations and what happened. Because as soon as that dry slot moved in, I think a bunch of meteorologists kind of face-palmed and said, oh, gosh, this one. Because back before we had weather models, that was a very common way to get burned, was by the, the, the unforeseen dry slot that would work its way in, and you had no way of knowing how far in that dry slot was going to work. So, I don't know, I, I, you know, I think that my uh, forecasting brethren, we can kind of lick our wounds and actually learn something from this and, uh, and maybe always think twice before we exhibit such high confidence in something that's still as unknowable as the weather. Interesting, Kenny. Yeah, I saw Again, a lot of disgruntled people weighing in on social media. I saw the term weather terrorism on the extreme oh, I end. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, bite me. You know, but it's, it's <laughs> exactly. But but it, it also yeah. is a, is a tight balance because you've got the school systems, and we hear a lot of people. And I'll tell you, I'm I'm tempted, even though I am a boomer, in some of these instances to call out okay boomer myself. But you know, the people who say, well, gee, when I was in you know, public school, they never closed. Yeah, and the University and kids of died Minnesota at the bus stop closed. too. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now the problem is, I mean, look at what happened, uh, you know, a while back when kids got stranded on buses for hours and hours yeah. and hours. Sure, I mean, this was just January yeah. of 2018 we had that problem. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Is there a little bit too much hype every now and then? Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I mean, what's interesting is this same storm... This would burn us again and again uh, because the same models would produce the same very bullish projections and we would probably fall for it again and again. One of the things that I wonder is, you know, meteorology, we got the big picture right. There was a storm in the region, it produced widespread snow and it produced very strong winds on Saturday. So we definitely got the big right. picture right. And I wonder if sometimes we should stick more to big picture hmm. and not try to be quite so precise. I know that the public and some institutions demand precision, right. but the truth is we can't always offer it. Right. And, you know, I, I look sometimes at the uh, Environment Canada, which is basically the Canadian Meteorological Service, and their, their forecasts in general, because they cover much more territory, their forecasts don't really have that same pose of of precision that ours do. And there are fewer reporting stations there, there too. There, there's, there's a lot of territory just, that's yeah. not covered by uh, ground stations, yeah. correct? Uh, Collecting weather data. And so by, by necessity, even their warnings tend to cover very large areas, and they don't try and really pinpoint the way that we do. But we've, we've kind of sold the public on, well, we can pinpoint or we'll be able to. And, you know, truthfully, one, one thing we learn about three out of ten times is that our technology and our science just isn't there yet to say exactly where it will snow and how much. And, uh, you know, it's still about three out of ten of these big ones kind of burns us. 
Kenny, what does the week ahead look like? Yeah, so the 21st throughout Minnesota will be the last cold day, possibly. And it's not even that cold, but possibly for the month, we're looking at uh, very warm conditions. Now, eh, maybe more mild than warm. I think of warm as, you know, the sun is out and, you know, you're going above 40 in January. But this will be mild in that we're not going to fall very far into the 20s on many nights, and it might even stay in the Twin Cities and in southern Minnesota. might even stay around or above freezing some of those nights. And then the daytimes, temperatures are also going to be in the mid to upper 30s. There might be one day where we hit 40 if the sun comes out. So a warm stretch looking like we're going to end the month with some warm conditions and then possibly some rain, sleet, and snow. Uh, thrown in there because when it's warm you don't get all snow so the dreaded wintry mix yeah the wintry mix this would be wednesday thursday and friday especially in the southeastern one quarter to one fifth of minnesota kind of brushing the twin cities but it's really going to be off in wisconsin so the forecast would be final cold day on tuesday and then probably warm for the rest of the month we're going to finish january possibly in the top 10 for uh temperatures going to be one of the warmer ones we've had all right. Well, Kenny, we'll get together in a week and uh, talk again. And this is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Not quite a mea culpa, but uh, you kind of said. Know, I'm, I'm open yeah, to you're it. You're open to it. I'm okay. open to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got nothing to hide. It's an imprecise science at times. Well, you know what happens is, if, you know, if the meteorologists only get defensive, then there's no real room for us to learn and grow and admit like, right. yeah, we screwed that one up. And I know anybody who forecasts and was forecasting large snowfall amounts in excess of eight inches over the Twin Cities, they all feel bad because yeah. they know that people were making plans based right. on it. And we might as well acknowledge that and then try and figure out what we did wrong. So, all right. Yeah, May a couple indeed. Okay. Until next time. Kenny, have a great week. Yeah, you also, Jim. Thanks.